The Audioverse Awards are supported on Patreon by listeners like you. Help us achieve our physical trophy goals by donating a dollar or ten dollars. Whatever you would like to give helps. Visit us on the web at patreon.com slash audioverseawards. That's patreon.com slash audioverseawards. Thank you. Hey, this is Amanda, producer and actor on Join the Party. We are a collaborative storytelling and Dungeons & Dragons podcast, open to gaming veterans, audio drama lovers, and beginners. In our story, an evangelist, a teen assassin, and a robot detective get sucked into an adventure of anarchist bandits, royal betrayal, and talking gargoyles. If you've ever heard of Dungeons & Dragons on Stranger Things, Community, or a nerdy older sibling, and you now want to learn how to play, we got you. This is the beginner's version of the first episode of our story titled Wedding Party. We'll come in from time to time to explain what's happening so you can get started playing at home. Thanks for listening. The party is just getting started. The following audio drama is rated PG for pretty good. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts and a couple of swears. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. Hey, welcome to Join the Party. If you are a beginner to Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing games in general, you are in luck. This is the place to be, so take a seat and settle in. Now, if you can tell your D20 from your D8, this might actually cover stuff you already know. So stay if you like, but you might want to start with our standard issue episode. Just go back to the podcast feed and download episodes 1 and 2, the first two episodes in the Wedding Party story. These episodes are going to cover the exact same story, but this version is going to give you some extra tips, tricks, kind of behind-the-scenes look at what Dungeons & Dragons actually is. So if you're a newbie, hi, you're in luck. I'm Amanda. And I'm Eric. This is Rules of the House Party, our tool tips guide to D&D. You're here because we recommended it to you, or you found it in iTunes, or you just love a good fantasy story, but you have no idea how Dungeons & Dragons works, which is perfect, because we're here to help. First things first, this is a story. You're going to hear us act, improv, make jokes, and collectively move a plot along that we're sure you can follow and enjoy and laugh at. But in order to give that story some structure, we're following the rules of Dungeons & Dragons. D&D is an RPG, a role-playing game. We're generating this tale using only our imagination, some paper, and some dice, and D&D puts constraints on our world. So no one's telling me what I can and can't do, but if my character wants to scale a wall, steal a wallet, punch a bad guy, I'm going to use dice to figure out if my character actually succeeds at what she wants to accomplish. So you're going to hear my voice a lot. I am the dungeon master, or the DM. I've constructed a story framework, so plot points for my players to experience. I'm going to lay out some chunks of exposition, control a whole lot of minor characters, and keep everything running smoothly. And I am one of the players, so my character is called Inara, and I'm going to be acting as her in this game world. I am tackling the plot and listening to characters talk and making decisions as she comes to the information. I have a race, which is elf, a class, which is rogue, and my character sheet, which is a kind of big sheet with just a bunch of numbers on it, tells me how good I am at magic or acrobatics or detective work, whatever my character might want to do. But we'll get into more of that as the episode goes on. Here's how this particular episode is going to work. As you listen along, you're going to hear Amanda pop in every once in a while to explain what's happening. Exactly. So I'll walk you through new vocabulary and new game action stuff that you have to know to make your experience in the rest of our episodes really great. You're going to hear this sound. And then I'll explain what's going on. 
But don't worry about that too much. It's all going to come naturally. So sit back, relax, brace yourselves for some adventure. I mean, it's a party after all. Wait, we're starting right now? I'm not ready. Get the party going. Welcome to the first episode of Join the Party. It's Stories with Friends. We are a collaborative role-playing and storytelling podcast. That is a big clunky phrase that means every single episode we are going to be creating a world and living in a world uh, that is an adventure for all of us to play through. I am Eric Silver, the Dungeon Master for this campaign. Uh, I set up this world for the players, but their decisions is what moves the story forward. And you'll get to listen along every two weeks as we figure out what happens next. Now, let's meet our players. My name's Amanda McLaughlin. My character is a moon elf rogue named Anara Harthorn. Anyone who's read or watched a fantasy story will be pretty familiar with the concept of races in D&D. You can be an elf, a human, a dwarf, a fairy, or dozens of other choices. But characters also have classes, which are kind of like professions, but a zillion times more intense. These include wizard, cleric, rogue, gladiator, bard, and lots of others. I'm kind of a pickpocket, thief, aspiring, assassin, badass woman about town. Um, I am new to d and I'm new to role-playing games, so I'm uh, really excited to learn more about this world uh, with you, hopefully, listeners, as uh, we play through it. Um, and I do host another podcast called Spirits, a drunken dive into myths and legends about mythology and folklore and urban legends. So the more mythological this world gets, the happier I am. Uh, hey, I'm Brandon Grugel. I've been playing role-playing games for a few years now, and I'm playing as designation TR8C, but you can call me Tracy for short. Uh, I am a Warforged barbarian, uh, former detective, and I'm basically a beefy fantasy robot. Uh, think Inspector Gadget meets Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm ready to make up some stories. I'm Michael Fiche. Uh, you may hear someone call me Fish from time to time. That's totally fine. Uh, I've played D&D for pretty much ever. Uh, mostly as a dungeon master or game master. Today and for the rest of this campaign, I will be a warlock half-elf known as Johnny B. Goodlight. And uh, he is all about finding and bringing the light to everyone. When you're a warlock, you can choose a school of magic, kind of like a monk or cleric choosing a particular religion. Johnny's is the light. You'll hear a lot more about what this means for him and a lot of light-related puns as we go on. All right, let's get the party started. Johnny B and Tracy, you two wake up in a dank prison cell, the lowest dungeon of the city of Fidopolis, the city of faith. You're achy, you're tired, you didn't sleep well on the unyielding cots down here. You're a little damp, too, but it's not like anyone cares about your comfort, really. The cell is so deep underground that the bustling capital city just feels miles away. You can't tell if it's day or night or anything between. I guess you've been down here for 24 hours, but maybe longer, maybe less. You can't really tell. You're actually the only prisoners down here in the entire prison, and it's really quiet. 
suspiciously quiet. There are actually no guards stationed around either. That is until the door is thrown open and a guard is dragging a woman down by the hood of her cloak. Uh, he unlocks your barricaded door, pushes her inside, and then sits down at a desk that's about 20 feet away and mutters to himself, "Did am I forgetting something? And he's just kind of like into himself for a while. He's like, he pulls out a list out of his pocket and he's just kind of staring at it and like reading it over dumbfounded. It's like, no, I did that. I did that. No, And he's just kind of mumbling to himself. How does everybody feel? Oh, Anara, that woman is you. Whoa! <laughs> no, Anara, that My was entrance. you. My entrance. Anara, that was you. Uh, Inara is pissed. She just got thrown in like a wet cat to this cell full of two dudes that she does not want to be talking to. Uh, so she uh, sits up straight in her cloak like, I can't, can't believe this. Uh, Tracy feels great. <laughs> does Tracy always feel great? Tracy always feels great. <laughs> hey, you look a little damp there, little lady. Here, I'll make you feel better. I cast prestidigitation and instantly dry her cloak and wetness. Uh, Thanks, mister, but that doesn't stop the fact that you got me thrown into the cell. Why didn't you do that thing in the market? I was being fine. I was lifting that jewelry. I felt good about it. I, I was going to get away with it if it weren't for you and your and your dumb light trick and your robot. Uh, You're a thief? Yeah, I'm a thief. What do I look like? Uh, a cute little girl? You're wrong. Uh, and I go and I hide behind uh, Johnny B. Well, miss, it's not my fault you got caught. Mr. Guard, you seem to be forgetting something. Anything we can do to help you? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? You guys are locked up. I guess I get to ask your help. Uh, hi. Is there something going on today? Like, mm. is there something important happening? Uh, if, if you send me topside, I'd be happy to, to check on it for you. Yes, I totally agree. I can't think of three more better suited people than us to find out what's missing on that list. We're just super observant. We're super low profile. We're just, we're just ready to, like, take in the world and report back to you, sir. Um, well, no, that's a terrible idea. That would get me super fired. But I guess just, can you look at this list? Am I missing something? And he gives you, he gives you just kind of like a scrawled list. But you can definitely read. It's in common. Common is the language that most everyone in D&D speaks. Depending on the race and class of a player's character, they might also be able to speak other languages like Elvish, Draconic, Primordial, and other cool stuff. Just in case I cast light on the list. Okay, we get it, mister. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, the paper is really glowy, so it's actually a little harder to read. Uh, yeah, do you want to read the list? I, re- I immediately start reading the list. Sure. Um, the first one says brush teeth. The Check. S- no, you're, you're just reading this to yourself. <laughs> no, I'm saying this out loud. Oh, are you reading this thing out loud? No, I'm reading it in my head and I'm saying check and, and out loud. <laughs> okay. The first one, brush teeth. Check. The second one, do rounds. Mm, I didn't do that one yet. Uh, third one, talk to Barbara. Check. The, the fourth one is shine shoes. Check. And the fifth one is put on dress uniform. Definitely check. Uh, is shine shoes a cantrip that I don't know about? <laughs> a cantrip is a minor spell. It's magic, but not the intense kind of magic that takes a lot of time to prepare or a lot of concentration to keep up. Think of cantrips as first-year spells in Harry Potter, like Lumos or Leviosa. 
They're easy to learn, easy to cast, and usually have pretty minor effects. Spells in D&D are often more like potions in Harry Potter, taking time, resources, or a lot of concentration to get right. We'll see more cantrips and some spells later in this episode. No, well, <laughs> Brent, uh, Tracy, you've been just reading this to yourself. No one else, actually, and uh, the guard is, knows what you just read. Oh, and I and say— And the guard is like, uh, so did I, did I do them all? Uh, I say, um, here you guys go. Here, take the list. And I hand it to Johnny B. Johnny B holds the list, enjoying the light of the list for a little bit before he attempts to read it. Uh, Mr. Guard over there. Is that your dress uniform? I can't tell. Looks a little shabby. You see realization kind of just wash over this guard's face. And he's just like, And as he does that, the door busts open and 20 guards all in their dress uniforms, come bursting through the door. Um, They all have purple sashes on, and the city crest, which is a sun and a moon together in the same sky, are emblazoned on all of their chess pieces. And uh, one of the female guards uh, yells at the guard you've been talking to and says, Hey, Terry, you haven't changed yet? The wedding starts in 30 minutes. And Terry is continue going, Oh, no, and now Barb knows. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, so that was the woman I talked to. There's a bunch of intrigue Tracy, happening here. how's Barb doing? Uh, she has been having a lot of trouble with her third child, uh, oh, uh, no. Winston. Uh, he's just not sure where he wants to go to school. That is unfortunate. I love Barb's children, and Winston has a special place in my heart. I hope he does well. I want to go to a wedding. As, <laughs> yeah, while you're having this entire discussion about school school system, um, you are then roughly grabbed by all of these guards. There's about uh, four of you per person and roughing you up and grabbing you wherever you can. Kind of like Tracy, they have like six people on you have, that are just like on different haunches and just trying to like lift you up at any way that they can. And they half carry, half push you up these winding stairs. You're hustled up and up and up. And you could have sworn that it was only about five flights going down, but you realize that you keep going. Uh, you're at six flights, seven flights, 10 flights, 15 flights, 20, and you are pushed out into a courtyard. And even though it's cloudy and nearly dusk, your eyes still take some time to adjust. As your vision is focusing, uh, another figure uh, who you haven't seen before comes into focus. Uh, This is a a man is dressed in all purple. He has a sloped nose and looks very regal. And his fists are just like tearing at his black hair. Uh, and his suit, which is beautiful and shimmering, and also has the, the crest of the city emblazoned on the chest, um, it's like a little bit too big on him uh, in a way that you don't think someone who's wearing such like a nice outfit would be befit for him. Hmm. And he cannot stop pacing back and forth until he sees the three of you looking at him and all of the guards holding you there. And he addresses all of the guards and he says... All right, this is what we got, huh? Well, I guess three is better than zero. And he looks at all of you and says, how would you all like to get out of jail? I would like that very much, sir. All right, we have one on board. I mean, I guess. Johnny isn't actually listening to him. He's looking around to see what he can light up. Um, Is there any objects that he could possibly light up? Oh, yeah, sure. There are trees and plants around. I mean, the guards all have weapons 
and even the man who's in front of you has uh, a like kind of a decorative uh, rapier that he's holding. I look to Johnny B and I say, Johnny, please, please, please don't, please don't do this. Johnny winks at Tracy and casts light on one of the flowers. Oh, that's that's very decorative. That wasn't a response to my question, but I like it. Do you do you all know who I am? It seems like you're you don't from the way that you're interacting with me right now. I of course know who you are, but for my friends, you could you, you know, you could introduce yourself. It's only In polite. Snickers. Make it make a deception check. <laughs> Players perform checks when they want to do things that require skills in the game. The DM will ask a player to do a check, literally checking if they're able to perform the action. To do a check, roll the 20-sided die. Then add the modifier for that skill. Your character might be super athletic, so you add plus 2 or plus 5 to acrobatics checks. Or really bad with animals, so you subtract 1 or 2 from animal handling checks. That's a 12. He's he's vaguely aware that you know who he, who he is, and you're like he's choosing not to acknowledge this. And uh, Inara, seeing that this interaction is going badly, goes, uh, "Sir, I very much would like to get out of jail. Thank you." Good. That's exactly what I like to hear. Uh, hello. Uh, apparently, you do not know who I am. I am Maximilian Kiko. Hi, Max. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm Prince Maximilian Kiko, and he kind of like is waiting for your reaction. Oh, I bow immediately. Inara goes, ooh. Sir, you knew I knew. You knew that I knew who you were. So you don't need to do anything. And I cast light on another flower. <laughs> right, these, these flowers are, are really pretty. And Maximilian actually points at one of the guards to go pick both of the flowers that are, on light, that are lit. So now he's like, there's a guard just holding two flowers. <laughs> well, that, I, I mean, well, I guess I'll bring that into the wedding. Uh, but right now, I really, I have a job for all of you. I need... You all to do something for me. And I, as you did not know, I am very powerful around here and I can break you out of jail for whatever crazy things you all did. What What did they do? And one of the guards pipes up and says, they tried to steal some stuff. Well, I take offense to that, good sir. I was merely cast light on another flower, making a show for all the good people of the Market Square. And the, the guard goes over and picks that flower as well. Uh, yeah, and sorry, I was just looking at stuff in the market. I'm a new person in this town, and I was just looking at the cool stuff. And then this man over there, and uh, Inara gestures across the way at Johnny B. Good light, and says, uh, I, I was just near him, and they just locked me up. And it's just, like, totally not fair, man. Uh, I, don't, I was talking to Barb when this happened. They came and grabbed me because they know I'm associated with Johnny B. And... Um, I'm not going to abandon Johnny. Robert is a little, she's a little upset that you called her out in front of the prince of this area. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who that is. And and is our original jailer just like, just delighted to like hear her name said out loud? Terry is still kind of, he's still kind of like very embarrassed that he's not wearing his dress because it's like there are 19 dress guards and then there's Terry in like his, his regular work clothes. And the prince says, "You know what? I a couple of scoundrels like you. That's fine. I still need you. I still need you to work. I still need you here. I'm concerned that my brother, who's getting married, is going to die. <gasps> oh, oh no! Not your brother. Uh, it's Prince. That's Prince Alonzo Kiko. Have of you course. seen all of the 
of the banners around, of the decorative plates for the big wedding. Uh, I, I can't stress enough that I came into town, looked at a necklace, and then got thrown into jail. So no, I have not. I only look at mirrors. And then <laughs> uh, casts light on another flower. And then that Sigmaria picks it, picks it up. <laughs> four, glowing, four glowing flowers. What, what does that guard look like? Is, is she, he, or they excited about this? They're very stoic for carrying uh, four glowing flowers, yep. but it's very adorable. Good. Uh, all right, here's the here's the deal. Um, I think Alonzo, my brother, is going to die, and he is ex- extremely important to me. He's extremely important to my family, and he's important to the the land, to all of Fidopolis. And I need three people to go into this wedding. And infiltrate it. Um, go in there in secret, like you don't actually know me, and stop who's ever killing or wants to kill my brother. I need this now, and the wedding is literally going to start in 20 minutes, and I do not. And he looks down at his fantasy watch, and he says, actually, it's 10 minutes. I have, I have 10 minutes until this wedding, and I need to go. All right, here's the deal. Uh, Maximilian needs you to go into that wedding um, and pose as three different people to protect his brother. Um, One of you needs to go in as a waiter. One of you needs to go in as a line cook in the kitchen. And one of you needs to pose as a guest at the wedding. He's worried about this for two reasons. One, he thinks that uh, one of his family members, because as you know, every royal family is jealous in in their own way. And he thinks that someone is going to blow up this wedding, both literally and figuratively. The other thing he's worried about is... Prince Alonzo Kiko is marrying the heir to another uh, city-state from the Nectarias. And it's kind of like a a union of these two, like, not ruling families, but, like, they're very rich and powerful. And a lot of people see that as kind of like a monopoly of the government. And uh, in particular, there is an insurrection group uh, called the Red Throat Gang um, in Chronopolis, where the Nectarias are from. Cool name. Yeah, and you're, you want to know why? It's because when they kill people, they use poison, and it really inflames their <gasps> neck, and that's how people die. Oh, God. Uh, the Red Throat Gang is made up mostly of halflings, and they are dealing with a lot of really, really messed up poison. Um, they're a big problem in uh, Chronopolis, and uh, the Kikos are worried that they've come to the wedding, and they're also going to blow it up literally and figuratively. And are they just kind of anti-establishment or anti-monopoly? like You know, like what is their affiliation? Yeah. At at first they were kind of just like anarchist. But right now they're kind of – they've regrouped to be anti-monopoly and they've really focused on this. Like it is kind of an open secret that the Red Throat Gang is extremely unhappy about this wedding happening. Okay. So uh, Maximilian says, all right, if you do this, I'm just going to – I'm going to let you out of jail. If you do it well – my favor means a lot. It's like I'm running. I'm running out of time. I need you to do this. And right now you're being held by my guards. So uh, what do you say? Uh, are we going to get paid? Uh, with your freedom. And so not like a fair hourly wage. <laughs> What's the minimum wage? Are you nego- are you negotiating? Uh, me letting you I'm out of jail? I'm going to remind you that uh, that Inara is like a, an equivalent of an 18 year old who has like just read the Communist Manifesto for the first time, and so she's really <laughs> she's really into the idea That's of a great. fair compensation for her labor. Plus, yeah. it sounds like you need us more than we need you. 
And at that point, all of the guards that are holding you kind of holds you a little bit tighter. And a few of them, like, start grumbling a little bit in your ear. And Maximilian, like, kind of puts his hands out and says, All right, I know. It's okay. it's all right, everybody. He says, I'll give you your freedom. And I can give you a job after this if you do it right. And right now, and he kind of looks up in the sky and he says, I, I need to go. Yes or no? Either yes, and you're going to do this, or no, and I'm going to throw you back in the dungeon. What does it say? D&D is a totally open world. Players have free reign to do whatever they want. So the question, what do you do, is a real question with real consequences. What happens next might move the plot forward or go in a totally different direction than the DM expected. All answers are acceptable, and all answers are good. I want to be a line cook. I'd love to light up your world, and I light his helm. Okay, that was that was really adorable. I'm taking that as a yes. I like that. Thank you. And our rolls horizon says fine. All right, uh, Maximilian shoves a invitation in. I guess kind of like in Tracy's general direction, and uh, says like, "All right, here is the invitation. Figure out who you're going to be. I need to go." And he finally he runs away, like as fast as his like dress outfit can carry him. As he runs away, Tracy goes, "I want to be the line cook." I don't care. I don't care anymore. Bye-bye. Trace. Okay, okay, bye. Okay, as, bye. As his illuminated helmet bobs off into the distance. <laughs> Tracy, may I see that? Sure. I'd like to read the envelope. The invitation says, Silvana Stormborn is hereby invited to the wedding ceremony of Master Alonzo Kiko and Master Greg Nectaria in the city of Fidopolis. May Adama reign over all. Gay fantasy wedding. I'm so excited. I believe I can handle being Sylvanas. It should take a couple charms, and I believe I can uh, trick people into thinking that. Are you too okay working uh, the kitchen? Does that mean I'm a waiter? You can pickpocket whoever you wish. <gasps> okay, I'm down. They'll all be distracted by the wedding. I'm down. I've always wanted to learn how to make chicken stock. I'm going to head over towards the reception hall. Um, Okay. So the guards, um, everyone kind of scatters when Maximilian leaves. And uh, one of the guards who was grabbing onto Tracy says, all right, uh, you guys clean yourselves up. You all look disgusting. Uh, If you go in through the main hall and you go through the kitchen, there's like a lost and found. There should be something from all of you. Just go. You're all really dank. So you're in this courtyard that is on top of this castle. And right now you, it's, it's like a garden area. Uh, and in front of you, there is this great hall. It's kind of like where everyone has these grand balls and these parties and kind of like rich people, fancy people stuff. Um, so do you guys want to walk in? Yes, I'm already walking in. Yes, walk in, heading towards the Lost and Found to try to find some nicer clothing for myself. Sure, sure, sure. In our rolls her eyes, just to make sure that everyone knows that she isn't exactly going along willingly, and this is fine. But we're ahead of you, so that we, we don't see it. I, I know. She's just performing it for, for the world, <laughs> just in case someone's watching. Hey, it's Eric. This is where we take a breath from the dope action and tell you what's going on in the guts of our podcast. Right now, it's the first episode, so I'm setting the foundation here. 
First, we want to tell you about our Patreon. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, we'd love to get your support on Patreon. Right now, we're just trying to break even, and we got big, big plans coming in the future. So if you throw us a few dollars, you will get so many extras. Your inventory will explode, and it's going to be too heavy, and you can't really walk around with it. It's like your backpack is bursting open, but like good in a good way. Like it's filled with loot. Head on over to patreon.com slash join the party pod and donate. So here's what you're getting at $2 an episode, two singles or a fancy $2 bill or like eight quarters, eight quarters an episode. You are a party guest. You're in behind the scenes. You'll see drafts of what we're working on, bloopers cut because we are too ridiculous and my notes, real screenshots and I will put in as many fake emojis as you want. Uh, at $5, you're on to Party City. You'll get a weekly blog post from one of our players. Uh, Michael's going to give you some D&D nerdery and Johnny B's good thoughts, which are very good thoughts. Uh, Brandon shares his audio tips and give you a look into the life of a podcast editor. So exciting. I'm, it's actually exciting. I don't want you to say it like it's not exciting. It's very exciting. I'm, I'm such a, I'm a, I'm a big, big nerd. Uh, Amanda is going to bring the feminist analysis and newbie perspective with game reviews, book recommendations, and general excitement about friendship and gaming and more friendship. Not only that, you're going to be entered into the lottery for an NPC to be named after you. NPC stands for non-player character. So any character in the game not controlled by our three players, I promise, hand over my heart, I will do it. I'm going to pick out your names. I can even do a Facebook Live of some of the drawings so you know it's on the up and up. One more time, that is patreon.com slash join the party pod. You'll like the way you contribute to the arts. I guarantee it. Next, come talk to us on social media. We're at join the party pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We love hearing from you and answering your questions, so just come get in touch. You can also submit questions on our website, jointhepartypod.com, or email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. So be sure to stick around for the after party, because what is a party without an after party? After every episode, we're going to sit down and discuss what happened, learned what could have happened on all of our roads not taken, and answer your questions about the game. Remember all the ways we just told you to contact us? Hit us up with questions there that you want us to discuss in the after party. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, website submission, um, pigeon, smoke signals, um... Talking into a jar and putting it in the sea, and hopefully I'm going to hear it. Any of those ways work. Remember, at join the party pod on all the places. And finally, this is the part of the show where I shout out a family member of one of us four to try to get them to listen to our podcast. I'm going to go first. Second cousin Jeremy, I know you're out there because you have a very, very successful food Instagram, and I want to eat all of it. You should try us too, and also bring me leftovers. I like eggs. Thank you. All right, let's go back to the party. So you walk into the Grand Hall, and this is the biggest room any of you have ever seen in your entire lives. There are streamers of gold and silver thrown over the highest rafters that you've ever seen, like 20 feet up. Everything is gilded in either gold or silver, and much of it is inlaid in that kind of sun and moon style. There are these three giant tables that you think could fit at least 100 people each, and each one has a very nice place setting. 
as you see it, it's it's like a repeating image, and you can't believe that you're seeing the exact same thing over and over and over again. And there are three exactly the same. There is a dais up front uh, where you assume that the uh, Kikos and the Nectarias are going to sit. Um, it's kind of like for the um, groomsmen and all that stuff, uh, and for their respective uh, ruling families. Um, also in the corner, you see there is a raised platform, and there is kind of like an oversized trough over there, and it's kind of like a gleaming steel trough, but it looks a little bit out of place uh, in terms of the entire party, but it also kind of like fits with everything. It's over like in in like a corner, but it's also next to the dais, and everyone can kind of see this platform. Like a part of the room that they couldn't change but had to kind of decorate around? Almost, but it looks it looks intentional. It looks like it was put there for a reason. Okay. And there's also floor-to-ceiling windows, and some of them lead to balconies. Um, this is very fancy. Is there anyone in the room? No. Everyone – if there is anyone in the room, everyone – there are like waiters who are running around just, just finishing the prep, but they're not really taking paying any mind to you. Okay. I'm going to go start walking straight towards the kitchen. Before we go and get our uniforms, can we make an investigation check to just see what's happening in the hall? See if there's anything suspicious, assassiny happening? Yeah, sure. Roll for that. This is a check you'll hear a lot. Investigation, as you might guess, is investigating a space. You're diving into crevices, noticing particular details about a specific surface. I got 13. Sweet. No, I mean, everything is running the way that you would expect a right before a giant wedding to go. Um, there are some people who keep going over to that platform over there and, like, cleaning it off, like, a little more than usual, but nothing's really that suspicious. Would a 21 change that answer? Sure. Uh, you walk over to the raised platform. It's about 10 feet long and 4 feet wide. Um, there's also that trough kind of inlaid into it is the name Nessie and uh, there's like like decorations and and there's decorations (laughs) around the the name like someone's kind of like lovingly carved it into this trough Uh, is that with an I or a Y? Uh, it's with an I-E Nessie Perfect. Also, what's the light situation of this room? <laughs> the light, so it is it is dusk and it's cloudy, That's but outside. there is a lot. But there is a lot of windows, as I said before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good. It's any sconces, good. any torches. Uh, yeah. How are, how's the torch situation of there, the room? How's the, the light situation of what, the room? What he basically wants to know is what's the potential for grandeur. <laughs> that is, an question. It, is, it could be. It is nothing has been lit yet, but you can tell that when everything is going to get lit, it's going to be grand. Just a note for for our dear listener: as Johnny walks over to that trough, he's mm. lighting whatever is unlit using prestidigitation uh, as he's walking in that direction. Sure, uh, you actually see a bunch of the waiters who are like running around, people whose jobs it is to light these things. They kind of look up and they realize that. Someone's done this, like, without their knowledge. So some of them are freaked out, but other of them are like, oh, cool, I don't have to do that. Nice. Cool, man, cool, man, thanks. Nice, tight, 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 tight. Johnny walks towards where he was directed towards the lost and found, which I believe is through the kitchen. Sure. Outside the kitchen, yeah. Yeah, it's through right, so the kitchen. We're all going there, so we should all, all right, just go cool. there together. Sure. All right, so you walk through the kitchen. Um, there are more waiters kind of, like, scrambling around, and you see that there are also line cooks that are starting to prepare for this giant meal. You kind of, like, skirt around them to on the far wall. 
um, the way that these tables are set up, like the line cooks are at tables that kind of make a square uh, around the kitchen. And in the middle is a like a pristine work area where you assume the head chef is going to be. Classic French style. Yeah, the the maison please. <laughs> so you go around the side and no again, no one's really paying attention to you and you make it through and uh, in the next doorway, if you go right, you can leave. You go back out to the courtyard and you take a left and you're at the lost and found. And you open the door to the lost and found and there is a some spare uniforms, one for waiter, one for line cook, and uh, there's a big box uh, that is written, has lost and found written on it. Johnny would love to go through that uh, big box. And Tracy is taking the line cook uniform? Sure. Yep, and Inara grabs uh, waiter uniforms based on what she saw in the Great Hall. Uh, she's a tiny little elf, so it's uh, everything's kind of swimming on her, but she makes it as neat as she can. And where do we stash our existing, or I guess where do I stash my existing clothes? Um, can I put can, it like behind the Lost and Found? Just yeah, you can shove it, in like in, in, right. leave it in that closet. I'm just putting my uniform cape on top of my line cook outfit. Yeah, sure. I like that. Anything, what do I find in the box? Sure. So in the box, there are a bunch of odds and ends of kind of finer cloaks and pants and all that stuff. But there, nothing really matches. But I could patchwork some clothing. Yeah, that's great. Um, you grab kind of like two disparate, like a, uh, a shirt, a very long cloak and some pants that both kind of fit you. Um, and you turn them both into a combination of gold and silver shimmering thing. Uh, as you are also looking around in the box, you see two capes. Uh, one is blue and one is red. And I want you to make an arcana check on them. I can absolutely do that. I know some of those things. Oh, nat oh. 20. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that dice has ever done a nat 20. So <laughs> good job. I so. roll so badly, too. So this feels great. So this is the highest roll on the 20-sided die. This is the best possible outcome. Even if you rolled a 19 and added a plus 7 modifier to make it 26, a natural 20, a 20 you roll with the die, is still the best one. The DM will reward you for your luck by making it extra fancy. This is like you're getting a Jimmy Neutron brain blast right now. <laughs> so you look, you're looking at I obviously these. attribute this to the Undying Light. If this is in character, Inara rolls her eyes so hard she gives herself a little bit of a headache. <laughs> I put my hand on Inara's shoulder and I say, are you okay? Are you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I guess I'm just going to go into the main hall and, and start like passing shit out. But if you need me, just just give a little give a little nod. Okay. Do you want, do you want to practice now? Yeah. Okay. One, One. two, three. Inara! I need you! That's a great first try, Tracy. Okay. Uh, why don't we just try that with with no voice? Okay. Um, and I just stare at Anara, <laughs> dead-eyed. Excellent. Uh, so she heads back on into the kitchen, gives those guys a little okay sign, uh, and, and looks for the What nearest... does that mean? I'll see you later, Tracy. Okay, okay bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Okay. So here are these two cloaks, and I'm literally, you rolled so well, I'm just going to read what I wrote. Oh, nice, yes. So you have one cloak that, this is the cloak of the eternal guest, and the other one is the cloak of the eternal interloper. Uh, the red cloak makes everyone thinks that they know you, and you have to answer everyone's answers correctly, or they think that you're an imposter, and they think that you are a person that you are not. However, everyone is like already friendly with you, and you don't have to introduce yourself. 
So basically, you can't break the illusion. But if you don't break the illusion, people think that you, they know you. Yeah, exactly. The other one, the uh, eternal interloper, the blue one, uh, everyone thinks that you're a stranger. So uh, no matter how many times you introduce yourself, everyone already assumes that you are a stranger to them and your conversations kind of reset every minute. So you are holding the both the red cape and the blue cape. You can choose not to wear either of them, but I, it would be very nice if you actually had like a real cloak on. Yeah, let's go for the eternal guest. Sure. Okay. So you uh, put on the red. I'm so screwed. You throw the blue one back <laughs> into the into the uh, lost and found, and you put the red cloak on. And yeah. as you do it, um, nothing happens from Tracy and Inara, who are now like kind of leaving and was ignoring you anyway, but. Um, as a waiter walks by you, they just kind of like they say like, "Hey, what's going on?" and just walks and walks Ooh. walks by. I give them a wink and a little wink and a nod. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, cool!" And then they just keep going. Perfect. I would love to go into the reception hall uh, and um, peruse a little pacing and perusing my uh, a book of light. Sure. Uh, so, Anara, you've gone on to the waiters, and Tracy, what are you doing? Uh, I am uh, trying to fit my right arm through one of the sleeves of the really small uniform. Oh, but no. once I get that on, uh, I'm heading up to uh, one of the friendlier looking line cooks. And I say, hi, how can I help? Sure. Uh, you walk up to uh, kind of like a scruffy looking human, uh, human man. And he's just kind of like chopping veggies. And when you say... Uh, and I look horrified. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, no. oh, yeah, I mean, are you new? You're new? Yes, what are you doing to those vegetables? I'm chop I'm chopping them. Oh god. <laughs> cool, you're going to be extremely helpful to me. All right, why don't you go talk to somebody else? And he goes back to chopping uh his veggies. And as all of the line cooks are kind of like doing their own thing, they're prepping the veggies, they're going around. There's a a very tall half orc woman who's kind of like looking over every single one of their shoulders, kind of like checking their work uh and sending them basically if they're messing up. Like, kind of, like, hitting them over the head and, like, showing them what to do. She's obviously the one in charge. She's the expediter? Yeah. Yeah, she's the one. In, she's definitely the one in charge. And she's, you don't, you don't mess with her. So I'm going to walk up to the half-orc and um, say, I'm here to serve my duty, madam. Uh, she looks up and she kind of looks at you up and down and she says, I didn't know we were getting a robot to help us. Whoa. All right. Uh, and words. Where can I go? Uh, well, I mean, I guess everyone's kind of working right now. Why don't you go out into the courtyard and go get a uh, head chef, all right? Yes, ma'am. And I walk towards the courtyard. <laughs> Anara, you're nearby, and she kind of, like, look, watches Tracy walk away, and she says, I didn't, I didn't tell him who the head chef was. I don't, uh, okay. I'm and already she goes, gone. And she goes, she goes off, too, and she just says that to herself, and she goes, does her own thing. Um, Tracy, as you walk outside, nobody else is around. You can see that there's a wedding, like you kind of hear like religious ceremony happening, which you assume is the wedding, but it's kind of like from a totally different part of the uh, courtyard. And you do see a halfling kind of just like standing by himself under a tree, just kind of like poking at, at poking at the ground and just like kind of thinking of himself. Uh, Tracy looks around and he yells, Head chef! Head chef! <laughs> Head chef! Johnny thinks to himself, Unrelated to all of this, I should probably fix the Tracy's volume modulator. Uh, entire just personality. <laughs> There's something off in it, and I can't figure out what's going on. Anyway, that's just a little just inner a, monologue. A little Johnny thought. 
trademark. <laughs> sure. The uh, Johnny be thoughtful. Johnny be thoughtful. <laughs> yes. That was across the table fist bump, listeners. <laughs> Tracy, why don't you make a perception check for me? Perception is getting the lay of the land. You're noticing a room, a person, a general space at large. This is different than investigation, where you're focusing on a particular thing, looking for something in particular. Perception is getting your bearings. Investigation is answering a question about those bearings. That would be an 11. You kind of see the the halfling just kind of looks up at you. And even from 100 feet away where he's standing, he scowls at you and starts to walk in towards the kitchen. And he just kind of like ignores you uh, as he keeps walking. Uh, and as he walks by, I say, hi, it's okay. And I, I follow him. And he turns around and he says, no one calls me head chef. It's just Fabius. And he walks inside. Whoa. <laughs> as the halfling walks inside, uh, all of the line cooks stop and look over at him. And all the waiters are still milling around. And uh, the half-orc says, all right, everybody line up. And everyone just kind of clumps together. Tracy and Nara, what do you do? Uh, Tracy lines up. And Inara uh, backs up her back to the wall and tries to be as inconspicuous as possible to take everything in. Uh, the half-orc then starts to give a rousing speech to her troops. She says, all right, I know a lot of you have worked in the service industry for a long time, but I swear to Zay Ol, if you don't get your butts in line then you better just walk out now. This is the biggest party, the biggest wedding in the entire history of the city-state. The entire millennia is going to remember you not cooking on time, is going to remember you not bringing people their drinks. And I swear to the entire trinity, if you do not get your butts in line, I will put your butts in line for you. And all of the waiters... And all of the line cooks kind of like straighten up and they kind of like tense themselves really suddenly. And she says, do you have any questions? You can either give them to me or give them to the best chef in the entire continent. That's Fabius Patali right there. And she kind of like points over to the, the half elf. <laughs> uh, Tracy raises his hand. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, no. And everyone around, <laughs> everyone around kind of gasps, like kind of like, pulls in their, their breath a little bit. Inara uh, sticks her head forward from the wall, like looking at him like, oh, what, are you, what are you doing? Stop it. Arr. And she says, Robit. Oh. Uh, less of a question, more of a statement. I think we're all going to do a really great job. It is silent. Oh, <laughs> no one knows what to say. They're just like, who, what would, what would, and everyone's kind of murmuring. It's like, why would somebody do that? That's insane. And that a half-orc looks at you and says, Robit, you're with me. <laughs> and, she, and she says, the rest of you can learn something from this robotic friend. Whoa. We need positivity. That's the only way we're going to get through this. Is that right? And everyone says, yes, yes chef. chef. Yes, chef. And uh, she just, says. Yeah, just a beat late. Uh, <laughs> Tracy goes, yes, chef. And everyone says, all right, let's go do this. And all the waiters uh, then grab these trays of overflowing drinks. And everyone starts to file out. And she says, the guests are coming and they're thirsty. And they grab the drinks and they file out. And the cooks then go to their stations. 
and um, she kind of puts her hand out and she kind of like motions, does the like come here thing with her finger. Getting you to come over and, to her. And, and Ara makes eye contact and, and points after her like, go, go with her. That's what that means. Go, go, go. And uh, and Tracy tries to do the okay symbol that he saw Anara do earlier, <laughs> but he kind of like messes up a little bit. He does his like third ring finger in his thumb and he's like, shows it to, to Anara. <laughs> And Inara just gives you a thumbs up and then and then quickly takes it back like, oh, no, I've given him more data. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then Tracy walks over to the half-orc sous chef. Yeah. And Tracy uh, walks up and uh, he says, hi, uh, by the way, I didn't catch your name. Uh, you can just, you know what? I tell everyone to call me sous chef. You can just call me Charlene. I'm Charlene. Hi. It's so, Aww. your positivity is so nice to have. Here in this in this kitchen, and Robit, I don't actually know your name. That's offensive of me. What what is your name? Uh, it's Tracy, Detective Tracy, to be long. Uh, oh, what you're a detective? Okay, you know what, Tracy? I just need you to stay with Fabius here. He's very fastidious, and he needs someone around him at all times to just like help him out. Uh, just you're extremely tall, which is which is great <laughs> for me because I always have to grab things. I am that. High. Yeah. Yes, you are. And uh, uh, just stay him. He's, he's a kind of a short man. Just grab the things off of high shelves for him, okay? Just, you need to stick on him. Please. I trust you. I know I just met you, but I trust you. Hey, Charlene. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy. I will do that to the best of my ability. And I walk over to the head chef. And, uh, and, I, and I, when I say that, it's not like, I'll do that to the best of my ability. It's like, my ability is the best. Nice. Nice. An- another Johnny B. Good thought <laughs> that I have. Is can, it possible we... that when I resurrected this robot with the energy from the positive plane, it's irreversibly made him too positive? Must check his emotion meters and fix him. He's too nice. All right. Um, so you're now with Fabius, and we're going to cut. Away from you. You guys, you're, you're doing your cooking stuff. Great. Anara, you grab the drinks on the way out? Uh, yeah, I uh, down one and put it down on a shelf as I'm passing. Roll, roll constitution check Great, for me. Great, I sure will. Constitution is one of the six abilities. Sometimes a DM will ask you to do an ability check, no modifier from the skills within it. Constitution is your personal fortitude. How long can you hold your breath? Does this poison hurt you? Does this alcohol knock you on your butt? That is a 17 plus uh, 2 for 19. Oh, yeah. You feel great. You feel a little bit invigorated. Yeah. And I'm going to give you advantage on your next check. because hey. um, Is that inspiration? Like, let's call it inspiration. But really, I, you're invigorated by the drink. Inspiration is like a DM bonus point. When you role play really well, your DM will give you a re-roll whenever you want. This, however, is not inspiration right now. Eric is just nice and happy that I took a shot and felt like giving me a reward. Um, so you are walking around. Uh, what's your strategy? What's your waitering strategy? So basically, I'm going to walk around the perimeter of the room, um, try to look like I'm doing my job while paying attention mostly to what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I know from my kind of thievery myself that most thieves will try to kind of stick to the sides and, and be mm-hmm. unseen while they scope out the situation. So I'm going to try to do that as well. Um, I also have to pull up my pants every couple minutes because they are big and I am, <laughs> I am little. Love I am it. little Love and it. fierce. Sure. Um, as 
uh, you as you grab those drinks, uh, people start flooding into the room. Your guess is like you keep thinking that it's going to stop at some point, but it's just like tens of people, just groups of like the most fanciest uh, idiots you've ever seen in your entire life are just flooding into this room and they are grabbing drinks like there is no tomorrow. And what are the drinks that I'm passing out? They're overflowing mugs of like bright blue and purple drink. Everyone really wants them. And okay. everyone keeps drinking them. And they made you feel real good. It tasted but, pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask, what did they taste like? Yeah, it's it's kind of... kind of carbonated, kind of sweet, like a kind of mead, but stronger. I don't know. Fruity though, right? Um, nothing that is blue or purple is not fruity as hell. So I just know that from my drinking experience. But it is very strong. Yeah, you, that's why you felt it. Definitely. But And everyone is like throwing these things back with abandon. Cool. So we're in the re- revelry part of the night. Oh, hell yeah. It's starting up. So Johnny is paying attention at who comes in and trying to take note of any suspicious characters he sees. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone uh, who either looks like they belong on the dais or Maximilian uh, approaching or coming through the doors? No, you don't see anybody who looks like they should be up there, who look like particularly like powerful. But you do see from a different area three really big guys start walking towards you and they also have the crest of the city the sun and the moon on their royal cloaks um and they all look exactly the same they all have the same face and they all have like shocks of black hair and like these pug noses and they are some big big guys and they're coming over to them and the lead one automatically he holds his his arms open and he says Sylvanas Stormborn I didn't think you were going to make it here what up fam it has been too long Give me the biggest hug you have ever seen. And all three of them come around you and grab you, and they kind of, like, lift you in the air and, like, shake you about. Your little Ugh. feet are dangling. It has been so long, boys. How are you? Oh, man, we are great. We knew Alonzo would find someone. We just didn't think it would happen so quick. And this guy is so great, and he's so powerful. And it's just like, oh, we're so happy for him. We're so hyped up. You know, this is great. This is great. You and know, the other guys before him were like, oh, this is awesome. You know, it may have been a while of us waiting, but it is truly time. I'm so proud of them both. It's really just such a blessing to to Devar and Adama that, that truly this has been... So, just so great. I unfortunately came late, so I I was not allowed into the ceremony, but I've already heard that it was one of the best ceremonies yet, and I'm so excited for the rest of this evening. Uh, you know what they say, pray hard, play hard, am I right? And the other guys oh are like, Oh my <laughs> We cheers. Uh, cheers, my boys. There you, oh, wait, no, we don't have drinks yet. Oh, uh... And um, the uh, the lead guy kind of like signals over, just like kind of haphazardly. He's not really pointing to anyone. He's just like, oh, yeah, let's get some drinks. Let's get some drinks. And uh, Inara's been watching this, uh, you know, knowing that she'll have to maybe dash in in case the situation uh, turns bad. But it's turned almost too good. So she uh, comes over with her full tray of drinks uh, and sticks it up above her tiny elfin head so that the, the gigantic, um, you know, triplets can, uh, can grab one off the tray. Yeah, and all, all three of them uh, grab... How many are on the tray? Uh, there were there were nine on the tray. Oh yeah, each one of them grabs two. Great. And they're double fisting. There is no other way to do it. I yeah. take two as well. Sure. Great. Great. 
and they say, uh, and they say, all right, well, Sylvanas, why don't you make a, make the speech for us? Why don't you make a toast? For many years, I knew that Alonzo would finally find his way. He would become what all the Kikos wish they could be, and all of us from all the different parts of this continent are proud of this wedding, and we are proud of this family, to Alonzo and to Greg. Uh, make a performance roll for me. Oh, with pleasure. <laughs> oh, God. Nat 20! Oh, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> with a different dice. <laughs> All three of the boys hold their drinks up, and they are just in tears. Yes. It's just like they've, they're so moved by your, your speech, uh, and they're just like so endeared to you, and they all say, cheers to Alonzo and Greg. But they're like crying, so it's like, cheers to Alonzo and Greg. And they like kind of, th- they, they were so inspired that they actually all three of them pour both drinks in their mouth at the same time. <laughs> and miraculously, yeah, it all fits. They do a real good job. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had none, uh, not a drop is spared. Uh, Inara pulls some napkins out of her back pocket, some fantasy napkins. Uh, so some, some cloth, <laughs> cloth napkins, just to be clear. They haven't invented disposable paper yet. Uh, and so she she pulls out some napkins and just holds it up again far over her head so she can reach the the kind of hand level of, of these bros um, and gives them napkins to, to dab at their eyes. Yeah, and they, they do, delicately. Great. Johnny, of course, takes a sip and smiles knowing he's made three great friends. Sure. And as... Uh, the all of this revelry has happened. The kind of like rest of the wedding parties come in. You see like the Nectarias who are all dressed in a deep red and they kind of sit over in their side. Um, there are two very large thrones in the middle where you assume that the grooms are going to sit at. And then you see like the rest of the wedding party trail in. So you see like the patriarchs of the family who are the representatives and they look, you know, they kind of look the part. They're like these grayer sort of men and they look very like regal. And you see Max, Maximilian, is arm in arm with a woman in a very poofy red dress who is glued to his side. And she and she kind of leads him over and says, like, oh, Max, I'm so glad we get to sit near each other. I know that Alonzo and Greg are going to be in between us, but I can just see you all the way over there. Boys, I must, I must go. I must say hello to Max, but... Save me a drink for later. I want to celebrate more with you guys. Oh, you know it? Yeah, yeah! Blah. And uh, Johnny uh, starts walking towards Max to, at the very least, help him out with a situation that he may be a little uncomfortable with. Sure. I would like to also motion to uh, uh, to Inara to, you know, follow close, be around the area in case I need some backup. Sure. With a little, I give her a little... Head head side nudge thing and a wink and and some finger guns and then I also like cast light everywhere. As much as Inara hates being told what to do, uh, I recognize that this is a pretty good plan. Uh, so I actually see a server passing by me and I hand her my almost empty tray and take her full tray so I don't have to go back to the kitchen. I can just follow you at a kind of safe distance. Yeah, you walk over and this woman in a big poofy red dress is kind of like all over Max and she kind of motions over for some drinks. Maximilian, my good man, how are you? It has been an age. Server, please, the lady is asking for a drink. I motion towards uh, Inara, towards the other lady. Johnny, it's so good to see you. What are you doing here? Max, my friend, it has been an age. It's been an age. How was the wedding? 
Johnny, the L is very nice. I'm it was so very glad. Good. I'm so glad. Listen, my friend, a few questions. One, who are those three guys over there? I've become very good friends with them. Those are Kikos. They're three brothers. They're triplets. Uh, you know, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, God. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're really, you know, they're not bright boys, but they're Can strong, and that's, that's what matters. They may not be bright, but their souls are bright. They're bright in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, Johnny. Oh, yes. Now, you seemed a little uncomfortable with your, with your female friend over and there. And she's... <laughs> What's her name? How can I help you? She's, oh, this is, uh, and she, he kind of gets in really close now. It's like, I, I got to tell you, this is Gregina Nectaria. She is all over me. She's the maid of honor, and she is stuck to me. I cannot, I cannot deal with it. What? Why is her dress so poofy? Well, it's so poofy. <laughs> Just try to relax and have a good time. If she's bothering you, know that Johnny B. Goodlight over here can take care of it for you. <laughs> I just like, please... Drink with me, Maximilian, to your brother's safety. To my brother's safety. And at that point, Gregina, who you now know is is sitting over there in the red poofy dress, she kind of hears that. She says, why would Alonzo and Greg, they have nothing to fear. This is a beautiful, wonderful day. And you, good sir, you seem to belong here, but I cannot place your name. I, uh, Johnny would like to give a cast side eye. It's a nat 20. I already rolled. Gregina, it has also been an age. Come over here. Let us toast to the health as we were just now to both of the newly wedded couple to their everlasting health. Join us, please. If not, it would be suspicious. She says, of course, to their ever enduring love. And she just puts the biggest smile on her face and raises the cup up. Clink. And as that happens... Could I quickly incite that? Yes, of course, please. I feel please. like I can. Please. Like her tone? Insight is like investigation, but for a person. You're determining if someone is lying or hiding info from you. Oh. Oof. Oof. Well, that was barely a roll, but I'll allow it since I got two 20s in a row. That is a solid four. Yeah, you don't know. This, this drink is strong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as y'all clink... Uh, clink your drinks. Kind of like the the doors that the uh, wedding parties came in through, you realize that only one door has opened. It's actually supposed to be these really big double doors. And they're kind of thrown open. And at that point, you all hear a extremely loud caw crack through like the small talk of the party. Like Raven, like Eagle, what are we thinking here? Yeah, kind of like one of those, but you also hear some, like, it's also a roar at the same time, and there you hear stomping, Ooh. and you see a owl bear stomp in to the party. Owl bear? Yeah. <laughs> Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. 
and Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. Make sure you catch the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Just tap the next episode in your podcast feed. Join our community online by following at Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.